Welcome to Transformed by Grace, an in-depth Bible study of God's Word, presented by the Berean Bible Society. Join us each time on this station as Pastor Kevin brings the transforming message of God's grace revealed through the Holy Scriptures. preacher many years ago. He made his living preaching off of trains. He'd ride a train to one town, preach, get back on the train, head to the next town. Ravensbury tells the story of a train ride he took that was different than all the others. Ravensbury was sitting at the back of his train car and he noticed that there was this young gentleman who was sitting a few rows ahead of him. He had this cardboard suitcase stuffed real tight up underneath his seat and he appeared very anxious. This man would get up, pace the car for a bit, and go back and sit back down. He did this every 10 minutes or so. Finally, Ravensbury decided that he would go have a chat with the young man. So he got up, asked if he could have a seat next to him, and he introduced himself. Son, my name's Ravensbury, and I'm a preacher. You seem like you got a lot on your mind. Would you like to talk? Ravensbury said it was like opening up a faucet. The young man's life story just came pouring out. Me and my pa didn't get along well at all when I was coming up. We'd fuss and fight. We'd get into it over nothing at all. One day we were getting after each other real hard. I can't even remember about what. When I said something like, well, why don't I just leave? And my daddy said, son, there's the door. Don't let it hit you on the backside on the way out. I went to my room, packed everything I could, and I fit it into my cardboard suitcase, and I left. Things didn't go too well for me after that. I kept wandering from one town to another, working one piddling job after another, and I wasn't doing too good. One night I was out drinking with some buddies, and we got this idea to try to rob a liquor store. When we got caught, I was sentenced to prison. But before I got out, I decided to write home to Mom and Dad. I told them I was in prison. I was about to get out. I said I was sorry for how I left and for what I did, that I'd understand if they never wanted to see me again, but I'd be passing through town. You see, my house is just off the tracks here about 10 miles ahead. I told them if they wanted to see me to tie something white out in the tree. And that if there wasn't anything white, I'd just go on through to the next town and they'd never have to hear from me again. Mr. Ravensbury, if there's nothing white hanging out in that tree, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm at the end of my rope. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Ravensbury said that as they grew closer, the young man became even more nervous. Finally, the young man nudged Ravensbury and said, My house is right up around this bend. Do you think you could see if there's anything white tied there for me? I just can't look. Mr. Ravensbury said he pressed his forehead up against the window, hoping to see something, anything that was white tied up in a tree. And he said as they turned that corner, it was the most majestic sight that he had ever seen. That family had emptied their house of every towel, every washcloth, every bed sheet, every sheet, every pillowcase, everything in that house that was white was out there flapping in the trees in their front yard. It was just a sea of white out there in that yard. And Ravensbury called out to the boy and he said, young man, look. As soon as the young man caught a glimpse of the front yard, he grabbed his suitcase, rushed out the door, leaped off the train car as quick as he could. 
Ravensbury said that the last image he saw was that young man dragging his cardboard suitcase up the hill, an older couple bursting out of the house to come greet him, and to him he said, that was a picture of what the grace of God is like. That the cross is God's way of emptying heaven's linen closet of everything white so that it would be known for all time that God wants us home. No matter what we've done or where we've been for us to please just come home. That is the message in the accepted time. In this day of salvation, that heaven's doors are open wide for any and all to be saved by grace through faith in Christ. And as ambassadors for Christ, that is the message we share. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2 says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. In the context of being ambassadors for Christ, we are assured of God's help in this verse. And being workers together with God, in verse 1, verse 2 starts, He saith. God tells us something here in verse 2, in being workers together with Him. Paul quotes Isaiah 49, verse 8. That passage was addressed to Messiah's people who represented Him under the law, which is the nation of Israel. Paul quotes it, applies it to the church, the body of Christ for today, those who represent him under grace. The verse shows that God is always ready to hear and always ready to help. The Lord says, I have heard thee in a time accepted, or I heard you at the appropriate, the approved time. In the day of salvation have I secured thee, or I helped you, in the day of salvation. I helped and assisted and supplied your need in the day of salvation. This quotation from Isaiah emphasizes that God heard and answered the prayers of Israel and helped them in their times of need. The reason Paul cites this quotation was to impress upon the minds of his church that what God has done for Israel, he will do for us. If we turn to him in prayer, he will hear If we ask for His help, He will help. The point is, God strengthening His servants to do His work. We must not receive the grace of God in vain, but rather we need to depend on God and call out to Him and depend on His grace to empower and to help us to do the work of the gospel ministry in our ministry of reconciliation. Because it's not easy. Fears creep up. It's hard to be bold. It's easy to remain quiet. We all fail. Every single day, all of us let opportunities slip by us. We all need the Lord. We all need His help to be a faithful witness of the gospel. In the context of Isaiah 49.8, the very next verse in Isaiah 49.9 shows that God strengthened Israel and then that Verse says, that thou mayest say to the prisoners, go forth to them that are in darkness, show yourselves. The reason God helped Israel was that they might help others. And this is why we are to call on the Lord and ask for his help here so that we can tell those in spiritual prison and bondage to be free in Christ. 
to tell those who are in spiritual darkness to come out of the darkness of sin and death into the light of Christ and eternal life. Paul quotes Isaiah 49, 8 as his appeal to take advantage of the opportunity that is ours under grace. Look how he repeats, behold now. He says it two times. Behold now. Behold now. Behold now is the acceptable time, he says. God helped Israel in a time accepted, and Paul says that behold now is the accepted time. God will help us, the body of Christ, because now is an acceptable, favorable, good time under the dispensation of the grace of God. The gospel is so simple today. In the past, to be saved, they had to continually keep the law of Moses. They had to bring the proper sacrifices. They had to repent and demonstrate their repentance. They had to confess their sins constantly and be water baptized. Today, under grace, salvation is a free gift received by grace through faith in Christ alone. It is a good time to live, to make the gospel known, with God providing the way of salvation so simply for all to be saved by faith alone. So behold, now is not the time to waste gospel opportunity to be living only for the temporal or to be living only for ourselves. Behold, now is the time to hold fast to the truth of the gospel, to faithfully proclaim it, and to live for the Lord as a testimony to the gospel. Paul says, behold, now is the day of salvation or the day of deliverance. It is a time now for the ministry of reconciliation. It is a time now to be an ambassador for Christ. This is the age of grace and it is a good, favorable time to reach people for Christ and for people to find salvation and eternal life in Christ. This is a day of opportunity This is a day of salvation in which God is giving all people an opportunity to be saved and to be reconciled to Him by grace through faith alone in Christ. There is a day of judgment coming. The dispensation of grace will not last forever. The rapture could happen at any time and bring this acceptable time and day of salvation to a close. The great day of His wrath, as Revelation 6.17 calls the tribulation period, is approaching. And with the always imminent hope of the rapture, it could begin at any time. Every single moment of delay is a moment of grace. And we must not carelessly let time fly by and take God's grace for granted and receive the grace of God in vain. God wants each one of us to take advantage of this day of salvation, to live as His ambassadors. We'll be returning to the program in just a minute. But first, we'd like to take this time to thank you, our partners, for making these programs possible. If you would like to access our library of helpful Bible study tools, go to BereanBibleSociety.org. Are You Secure? is a 20-page booklet written by Pastor Paul M. Sadler. God has promised the free gift of eternal life to all those who believe on His Son. If God has spoken it, then you can be absolutely certain that He will bring it to pass just as He has promised. 
If you have a Christian loved one or friend who is always wondering if they can lose their salvation, this is a must-read. This little booklet will assure them from the Scriptures that they are eternally secure in Christ. To order your copy, contact the Berean Bible Society for pricing and availability at 262-255-4750 or visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. To receive our free full-color 32-page monthly magazine, The Berean Searchlight, call 262-255-4750 or subscribe online at www.bereanbiblesociety.org. Thank you again for your generous gifts. And now, back to the teaching with Pastor Kevin. God is keenly aware of the passing of every single moment of every single day. In 2 Peter 3.8, we often quote the part of the verse that says, A thousand years is as one day with the Lord. But the other part of that statement says, One day is with the Lord as a thousand years. Time slows way down for the Lord. As we look at every single day from His perspective, every single second is a second of grace in the day of salvation. Every second is a second of long-suffering with sinners. Every second is an opportunity for salvation from hell and from the tribulation period in the day of salvation. Every second is an opportunity for the church to use for the Lord in the day of salvation so people can be saved from their sins and reconciled to God. So every single second today in the eyes of God is grace, 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 grace. Every second to God is long-suffering, 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 long-suffering. Every second is salvation, salvation, salvation. Salvation. Every second is opportunity, 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 opportunity. The fact that now is the day of salvation is an appeal to both the believer and the unbeliever. For the believer, though, it reminds us that now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to take full advantage of our time in this day of salvation. That now is the day for me to be a light for Christ, that now is the day for me to share the gospel with that friend, that co-worker, that loved one, that now is the day to be a good testimony for my Savior. We're taught that there needs to be this relentless urgency, persistence, and passion about the gospel ministry as workers together with God and about fulfilling our duty in the ministry of reconciliation. This is not a time to waste. This is a day of salvation. This is a good time to use for reaching people for Christ and to depend on God for His help to do so. For the unbeliever, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to accept the gospel that saves us from our sins and from the lake of fire. There is no guarantee that anyone will have the opportunity to be saved tomorrow because we are not promised time on this earth. 
and we could pass into eternity at any time. You cannot be saved yesterday. That is past. We cannot promise that you can be saved tomorrow because you may not live until then. But you can be saved right now. Imagine yourself that you're at work. You're a writer typing away on a personal computer. You're in the middle of creating a multi-page article. Words are flowing. You're beginning to think about your acceptance speech for the Pulitzer Prize. Suddenly, and without warning, the lights dim. Your computer screen blinks. From an adjoining office, you hear someone yell out, Hit the save button! And suddenly, it's too late. You were so intent on getting your ideas down that you failed to save any of it. When the electricity went off, your document vanished and it was gone forever because it wasn't saved. What's true of computer documents is true of people. Every person needs to hit the save button and trust Christ as their Savior. The person who rejects Christ will realize when death comes, which can strike more suddenly than an electrical outage, that it's too late to hit the save button. According to the Bible, our destiny is sealed for eternity when we die. And that's why we are urged to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ now. That now is the day of salvation. Imagine the horror of realizing it's too late. In hell, they will realize instantly that they have lost everything forever. Don't think that you will always have tomorrow to hit the save button. Don't put off receiving Christ as your Savior any longer. Make that decision right now to trust that Christ died for your sins personally, that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day. Just trusting that simple gospel message. We are saved from all of our sins by God's grace through faith in Christ, and we have eternal life. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. In the middle of this verse, Paul says, but unto us. The but shows a contrast, a division. The message of the cross creates a division within humanity. The entire world can be categorized into one of two groups, those who are perishing and those who are saved. And that's how God views the world. God doesn't see world religions. He doesn't see man's belief systems or denominations. He sees those who have trusted the gospel and are saved, and he sees those who have not trusted the gospel and are perishing and in danger of everlasting judgment. You are either one or the other. There is no halfway. There is no middle ground, no neutrality. The cross divides people. The saved from the unsaved. The dividing line is the cross. God's Word says that the Word, the message, the revelation, the preaching of the cross, which looks like foolishness to so many, is actually the power of God. And nothing short of the very power of God can save anyone from their sins and make us righteous and ready for God's heaven forever. We do not have power in ourselves to make ourselves new or to give ourselves new life or to make ourselves righteous in God's sight. Salvation is not of us. It is all of God and by His power, His mercy, grace, kindness, and love. Titus 3.5 says, Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us 
He saved us, that verse says. We don't save ourselves. We are saved not because we are good. We are saved because God is good. We are saved not by works of righteousness, which we have done. We are saved by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ that He accomplished for us and by the righteousness He gives as a gift to all who believe. Salvation is all of God. It's all God's work. The power of God unto salvation belongs only to God, who has the power to save the perishing from their sins and give them eternal life. Scripture testifies to God's power. Uh, It testifies how His power is glorious, how it's irresistible, it's unsearchable, it's mighty, it's great, incomparable, strong, and everlasting. The power of God is seen in the creation of the earth and the cosmos. The power of God was seen in the parting of the Red Sea. And the power of God is demonstrated in the cross of Christ and His resurrection from the dead. And the power of God is seen in anyone simply hearing the gospel, believing in their heart that Christ died for them and rose again. And instantly, God, through His mighty power, in that moment creates a new nature in that person, forgives all of their sin, gives them Christ's righteousness, grants them eternal life, places them into Christ, into the body of Christ, and gives them a home in heaven. And we are sealed by the Holy Spirit and safe in Christ forever. The following is the math of the cross, which is the truth of its message and power. The cross subtracts one from hell. It adds one to heaven. It divides one from the world. It multiplies God's love and grace. And it gives everyone an equal chance. The cross is the power of God because of what it achieves, the salvation of sinners. It is the power of God as it shows the power of His love in dying and rescuing sinners, saving us and making us a child of God forever. And the power of the cross is in the blood. That's why we sing the old hymn, there's power in the blood, because there is power in the blood. That blood purchases us and makes us God's forever, and it washes away all of our sin. And the power of the cross has the power to completely transform hearts and lives. There are countless examples of that of that happening in the lives of people and the good news of the cross is received and believed, where you see murderers who become martyrs for Christ, fighters become Christ followers, hate mongers become peacemakers, drunks become evangelists, gang members become church members, and the list could go on and on and on and on. John Ortberg says this, My friend Jimmy and his son Davey were playing in the ocean down in Mexico while his wife, daughters, parents, and a cousin were on the beach. Suddenly, a rogue riptide swept Davy out to the sea. Immediately, Jimmy started to do whatever he could to help Davy get back to the shore, but he too was soon swept away in that tide. He knew that in a few minutes, both he and Davy would drown. He tried to scream, but his family couldn't hear him. Jimmy was a strong guy, an Olympic decathlete, but he was powerless in this situation. As he was carried along by the water, he had a single chilling thought. My wife and my daughters are going to have a double funeral. Meanwhile, his cousin, 
who understood something about the ocean, saw what was happening. He walked out into the water where he knew there was a sandbar. He had learned that if you try to fight a riptide, you will die. So he walked to the sandbar, stood as close as he could get to Jimmy and Davy, and then he just lifted his hand up and said, Come to me. Just come to me. If you try to go the way your mind and gut tells you to go, the shortest distance into the shore, you will die. If you think for yourself, you will die. If you just trust and listen to another's wisdom and come to him, you will live. And that's what this father and son did and lived. Through the cross, God says, if you come to me, you will live. Eternal death, eternal life are at stake in this decision about the cross. In order to experience its saving power, you must trust God's wisdom rather than your own. You must not go the way your mind and your gut tells you to go. You must come to God in God's way, trusting His provision, which is believing the truth that Christ died for you, for your sins, and yet he rose again. If you make that decision, you will live and live eternally. The Berean Bible Society was founded over 75 years ago for the sole purpose of helping believers understand and enjoy the Word of God. Our organization holds without apology to all the fundamentals of the Christian faith. And we believe that salvation is by grace through faith alone, based on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We also emphasize the importance of rightly dividing the word of truth and understanding God's word in light of the Pauline revelation for today. Paul is the apostle of the Gentiles, and it is our firm conviction that in his epistles alone, we have the doctrine, position, walk, and destiny for the church of the body of Christ, during the present dispensation of grace. The mission of the Berean Bible Society is to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ by proclaiming the whole counsel of God according to the revelation of the mystery. Our goals are to evangelize the lost, to educate the saved in rightly dividing the word of truth, to energize the life of a believer, and to encourage the local church. Our ministries include Bible conferences for the study of God's Word rightly divided. Berean Bible Society's president, Pastor Kevin Sadler, and other grace speakers have spoken at many such conferences throughout the United States and Canada. The Berean Searchlight, a 32-page monthly Bible study magazine edited by Pastor Ricky Kurth, is sent free of charge to readers in every state of the Union and more than 40 foreign countries. From our website, MP3 messages, videos, and Bible study articles are available free of charge. A wide selection of books, booklets, tracts, charts, CDs, and DVDs on various subjects are also available for purchase at a reasonable price. And finally, BBS sends out short Bible studies called Two Minutes with the Bible as a daily email. These growing ministries are carried on by the contributions of believers who desire to see others reached with the truth that have brought so much light and blessing to their own lives. 
Thank you again for tuning in to Transformed by Grace. We appreciate your prayer support and the financial gifts. The purpose and mission of the Berean Bible Society is to help you understand the whole counsel of the Word of God. For more information, visit our website at www.bereanbiblesociety.org or give us a call at 262-255-4750. Or if you prefer, write us at the Berean Bible Society, P.O. Box 756, Germantown, Wisconsin, 53022. Now until next time, may you be transformed by God's grace.